Well, hi, everybody. I'm Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And if you are with us for the first time, I want to say uh, a, a great welcome to you. Thank you so much for being with us. Maybe a, a friend invited you. Maybe you, you saw us driving up and down the street and you said, I want to get in there. Um, some of the people that come to our church maybe have been away from faith or religion for a long time. That might be you. Maybe this is your first time back in a while. Welcome back. And other people that find their way to our church tend to be people that maybe didn't grow up with faith or religion or church. I'm one of those people. And you might be at one of those places in your life where you're like, hey, I want to I learn more about that. I, I, I think I need to give some space to that in my life. Whatever your background, wherever you're coming from, you're welcome here. We're so excited that you're with us. One thing you should know about us as a church, we're a multi-campus church. That means we're one church in more, more than one location. And um, at this point in the service, we're connected with our Torrance campus, uh, meeting on Lomita Boulevard. So hi to everybody at our Torrance campus. And also we're connected with people that are online. Those of you that are watching us online live here in California, across the United States, and even around the world. Great that we can be together. It's at this point in the service where we kind of take about a half an hour and we talk about some topics that are relevant to all of us and we look at the Bible and the teachings of Jesus and say, how can Jesus' teachings help us to live more intentional lives and the kind of lives that maybe we were designed to live? And that's what we're going to be doing for the remainder of our service here together. Before we do that, let me just give you one invitation if you are new with us. Next weekend, we have what's called our Journey Culture Class. We're going to be having lunch together at both campuses. And this is an opportunity where you hear a little bit about our church, a little bit about how we do what we do, why we're here. You can meet some people, you can get some questions answered, we'll serve you lunch, there's childcare involved. If you want to be a part of that, you can go to our website and register for that. That's next weekend. We would love to see you there. Today, we're starting a five-week series of messages called Positive Influence. And the idea behind this is that we are all influencers. We might not have millions of followers, but we all have influence and leadership in our lives, at work, at school, with our family members, in our friendships. We all have influence and leadership. How are we using that influence? We live in a world where there's a lot of negative influences. How can we be a positive influence? And to explore this, we're going to look at someone who really for a good chunk of his life was a relatively unknown person and then became the most influential person in history, and that's Jesus. And we're going to look at how Jesus positively influenced not only his friends and family, but even the people that were against him. And so each week, we're going to look at an influence principle and how it relates to our lives. And and here's what we're going to cover over the next five weeks. In addition to what we do here in the services, we're going to have some stuff available on social media, and we have some group discussion questions that if you would like to explore these topics further uh, with a group that you're already in, or if you'd like to be part of a new group, we'd love to help you get connected and be able to give you some content to be able to talk through together. So a lot of ways that we can do this over the next five weeks of really talk about positive influence in our lives. We're going to start off by talking about this first one, the topic of character. And the idea is that 
Um, sometimes we tend to focus on results and outcomes and we might lose touch with who we are on the inside because it's who we are, it's our character that influences our behavior. And sometimes we might be so focused on the outcome, we might actually lose touch with who we really are. My, uh, one of my sons was in high school. When he was in high school, he did uh, like a mock UN. Have you done like a mock UN before? Um, yeah, so everybody was assigned a different country to be a representative for that country. And my son was des- uh, designated as a, as a specific country. But the, and everybody's supposed to do these negotiations and work together as different nations together. The teachers wanted my son to do something a little bit special. So they pulled him aside and they said, hey, would you do us a favor? When you get into negotiations with other countries, would you add just a, another layer of conflict in there? Would you just kind of like trouble the waters a little bit? And he was like, no problem. <laughs> and then he went a step further. So my son, as he started meeting for negotiations, he would bring his friends along and then he would create new charters between different nations and then he took his other friends and he appointed them in leadership positions in foreign countries. And he started setting up these designations in all these different countries and creating these alliances that nobody expected to happen. And at the end of the day... He, he got up at the end of the class and everybody was kind of celebrating the decisions they had made as countries. And, and he got up and he said, you might not realize this, but I have just started what I'm calling the Eastern Peace Corps. And I have created military bases in all of your countries. And I now have controlling interest over all of your governments. And it was his way that he was going to slowly start taking over the world. <laughs> and they gave out like these little awards at the end of the uh, assignment that they made up. And this is the award that they gave to him. It was called the Conspirator Award. And it said, most likely to hatch a sinister plan to take over the world. So I was, I was so proud of him, my son. Now, my son has good character, right? Uh, he was just doing an assignment and having some fun with it. But we've probably all been on the receiving end of people who have used their influence and leadership from a place of bad character. We all want to be influenced and led by people with good character. We want to influence and lead people from a place of good character. But also, if we're honest, we have also used our influence and leadership in ways that have been unhealthy. We have led from places of fear or retaliation or envy. And that's what we're going to talk about today is where does positive influence come from? Well, it comes from our character. And let me just stop and define character right now. Character is the mental and moral qualities that influence how we relate to ourselves, others, and the world. It's our values and our beliefs and our worldview. In our culture, 
it's very easy to become focused on the end result. I want that job. I want these friends. I want this kind of success. I want this money or this partner. But what's really important is to be not just aware of the outcomes, but being aware of who we are as people. Pete Scazzaro wrote a great book called Emotionally Healthy Leadership, and he put it this way. What you do matters. Who you are matters even more. So here's the main idea for today. We can be a positive influence by staying focused on our character. Let's look at what Jesus says about this whole topic. Here's a section of the New Testament I'd like us to look at today. It's found in Luke chapter 22. Now, for those of you who might be new to the Bible or not as familiar with the Bible, Luke is the third book in the New Testament of the Bible. And it's called Luke because it was written by a first century historian and physician by the name of Luke. And Luke, when he became a follower of Jesus, he said, I want to create a record of his life and teachings. So he went around and he interviewed people and he gathered notes and did research and he compiled a book of like Jesus' greatest hits. And so he put this together and it has been translated over the years and the translations we have today are faithful renderings of this first century document and it's amazingly preserved for us today. This particular section in Luke records a conversation that happened at Jesus' famous Last Supper. Jesus got his disciples together right before he was arrested and then killed. And he gathers them together and he's talking to them about how he wants them to be influential leaders for his mission. And he's talking about the kind of people he wants them to be. And as he's talking about things like service and self-sacrifice and surrender, this is what happens. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. That didn't take long. I mean, Jesus is like, look, I'm going to sacrifice my life. I'm going to give my life away for you and for other people. And immediately, they're jockeying for authority. And Jesus is like, hold on, wait a minute. So he backs up a little bit and he says, let me, let, me, let me explain to you what I'm getting at when I'm talking about the kind of influence I want you to have compared to the kind of influence you all are used to. Jesus says, in this world, the kings and the great men lord it over their people. Yet they're called the friends of the people. But among you, it'll be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. He says, who's more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. Jesus has this upside down view of influence and leadership. For Jesus, the more influence and leadership you have, 
the more of a servant you should be. Influence and leadership is not about bragging. It's about humbling yourself. And there was one other writer in that day named Matthew who recorded this same event. And Matthew records Jesus' words a little bit differently. Matthew says, Jesus said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over theirs under them. And I love how Jesus responds. Not here. He's like, that's not how we do it. If we want to have influence and leadership that will be a positive influence on people. We need to stay focused on character. And here's one way we can do it. To recognize God's good gift of power. See, power gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, a lot of times when we, we think about power, we think of the powerful people misusing their power. But if you notice, when Jesus is talking, it it doesn't seem like he thinks power is a bad thing. In fact, in Jesus' worldview, power is a gift from God. How we use it impacts its influence. In fact, Jesus' upbringing was drenched in the Jewish creation story. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we see this image of a loving and powerful God creating the universe and the world and all that's in it, and then gifting human beings with the power to influence the world that was created. God makes the world and then says this to humanity, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. This kind of, these words, govern and reign, don't imply destruction and oppression. They imply stewardship. God entrusts us human beings with creation care, which we need to keep improving on that. And then God entrusts us with the care and influence of each other. And we need to work on that too. There's some connection between power and what it means to be human. And that's a good thing. Diane Langberg, who's a a psychologist, um, an expert in trauma and abuse and misuse of power. She wrote this great book called Redeeming Power. And she has this beautiful quote. It says, power is inherent in being human. Even the most vulnerable among us have power. How we use it or withhold it determines our impact on others. And then she gives a list of the different kinds of power that we all have. Look at this list. We have verbal power. What we say to each other is powerful. And our silence can be just as powerful. We have emotional power, physical power, your, your stature, your presence in someone's life. Power of personality. Power of specialized knowledge. When you know something that someone else doesn't know, that is powerful. I actually think the minute you know something that someone doesn't know, you don't become better than them, you become their servant. 
the power of absence. Not just when you show up someplace, but you know when you don't show up to someplace, that is an expression of power. Economic power, spiritual power. And when we come together as groups, there's a collective power that we have. The more of these kinds of power that you possess and become aware of, the more it's contingent on you to increase your power of character. I went out to lunch with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. He and I are both dads. Being a dad is a profound position of power. There is spiritual power, emotional power, verbal power, the power of position, physical power. And we sat down, we were at In-N-Out Burger talking about power and the authority that we have as dads. And we spent some time saying, uh, kind of encouraging each other, you know, this is a, I think you've made a positive influence in your kids' lives and here's how. And here's another instance. And I think you did a good job with this. And I think you did a good job with that. And then he sent it back to me. Hey, you did a good job with this. You did a good job. We need to find people that we can sit down and encourage each other on the healthy uses of our power. And then it switched. And we started confessing some of our unhealthy uses of power with our family. And some of our misuses of our authority. And I remember at one point, I was like, well, I think one of the problems is, 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 is I get really angry at home. And he said to me, no, you don't. I was like, what do you mean, no, I don't? And he said, I've known you for 20 years, and we used to work together. Jason, you don't get angry. Like, you don't raise your voice. You don't talk down to people. You don't insult people. You don't get enraged But when you get frustrated and insecure, you get intense and inquisitive. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, that's it, that's it, that's it right there. (laughs) And I started thinking about how my unhealthy influence comes out. Because it's not the same for each and every one of us. We all have our own unique ways of misusing our power and authority. In fact, I want to encourage you to do what me and my friend did. Identify a healthy use of your power and celebrate it. And then identify an unhealthy use of your power and address it. Can you think of a healthy use of your power? Like, oh, I had the responsibility to do this, or I had to lead this team at work, or they were asking me advice about this thing in my friendship circle, or I'm in my family, I'm the older sibling, and I'm supposed to take care of my younger sibling, or I'm the parent, and I'm over my kids for the weekend, and, and this is what I did, and this is how I, I had a lot of authority and influence, and I think I used it well. Maybe there's somebody in your life you could sit down with and and kind of brainstorm. What are some healthy, what's at least one healthy use of power in your life? Thank God for it. Encourage each other with it. And then, can you identify a misuse of your power? You had authority at work and you used it the wrong way. Somebody insulted you and you retaliated out of anger. You talk down to somebody. Somebody asks you a question, you made them feel stupid. What is an unhealthy use of power? And then how do you need to address it? Do you need to apologize? 
make amends. And maybe you're in a position of authority where it gets a little bit more complicated. Maybe you need to talk to a wise person to get some advice or even somebody professional to get some wisdom about what to do with the misuse of power. Now, there's some of you, as I'm saying this, you're going, well, that's really good, but I have no power. I don't have power at work. I don't have power with my friends. I don't have power in my family. And I want to say as graciously and kindly as possible, you're wrong. Everyone has power. In fact, if you're one of those people that's saying, I have no power in my life, you're probably experiencing something that's called learned helplessness. And that is growing up in the situation you did or experiencing stuff in your past, you learned at some point that you are helpless and now you operate that way. At work, in your family, maybe even in your spiritual life, you're kind of like, well, I can't do anything about this. Learned helplessness is so damaging because it's kind of an inverted form of power. When we have learned helplessness, we use our power to blame and complain and gaslight people. I have no power. It's their fault. I can't do anything. They're controlling me. But again, to have power is inherent in being human. Learned helplessness. If you're struggling with learned helplessness, there is even a greater importance for you to realize the power you have. Because a lot of times we think that people who misuse power are people who are very aware of how powerful they are and they're misusing it. But sometimes misuse of power comes from people who don't really realize how powerful they are. Sometimes the mistakes we make in our influence and leadership are coming from a place of perceived deficit. And then when we try to exert our power, we overshoot. We become aggressive or manipulative or even more controlling because we feel like we're out of control. Power is a good thing and we need to celebrate that it's from God and we all have it. How can we use it in a healthy way? And not only can we use it in a healthy way, but we need to practice something that Jesus practiced. If we're going to have positive influence by focusing on our character, here's another way we can do it. Like Jesus, practice humble influence. Jesus was incredibly powerful. But you remember what he said about leadership? He said the leader should be like a servant. The more power you have the more of a servant you become. I've experienced this a lot in my life. I experienced it here at church. I'll give you a little funny example of how I experienced it just recently. So every time I get up to talk on a Sunday, I wear this microphone, uh, and then I have like a little battery pack that, that it plugs into. And this mic and battery pack are in our back room over here and they're in kind of a a display with a bunch of other mics and battery packs for the different people that come out here. And mine's in the right-hand corner and this is what it looks like. It's just a little mesh bag up in the right-hand corner. So for a long time, this is, I would go and they said, hey, your mic is up on the right. About six months ago, I walked in and there's a sticker on it that said Jason C. And I was like, oh, Okay, apparently there's other Jasons here that might come out. I haven't been Jason C since I was in elementary school, but it was like, okay, Jason C, that's great. 
So Jason C. goes and gets his mic and come out here. I'm like, that's funny. It reminded me of like when I was a little boy. About a month later, I come in and it says this. Dr. Reverend Jason C. I'm like, oh, I got promoted all of a sudden. And I have, I'm an ordained minister and I have a doctorate. So I'm like, oh, people are recognizing that I have a doctorate and I'm ordained, okay. About a month later, it said this. The... Dr. Reverend Jason C. Which felt very California. You know, in California, we, we name our freeways with the the on the front of it. I'm like, oh, the Reverend. Then one more step, it went up to the esteemed Dr. Reverend Jason C. And then last year, uh, and then uh, I wrote a book on anxiety, and I came in after the book came out, and it said, esteemed noted author Reverend Jason C. And it was just, every time it went up, I was like, oh my gosh. And I had this reminder of Jesus, like the, the, the greatest among you should have the lowest rank. So every time the title got up, I get to pulling my mic out and I'm like, should I vacuum in here? Should I clean up? Like, how can I serve somebody? Because there was this sense of like, in Jesus's program, the more attention and affirmation and, and leadership influence you have, the more humble you should be. And this wasn't like, oh, I'm getting all this praise. No, 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 I don't deserve it. No, I didn't. No, it's not like a diminishing of self, which some of us do. This is not about self-loathing. It's something very different. It's more like what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's what Jesus is getting at. The more we allow God to influence us, the more we align with Jesus, who was always thinking of himself less and serving other people. Jesus had this idea that he taught regularly. He called it the kingdom of God. And the idea of the kingdom of God is that God is the king and you're allowing the king to influence and lead your life. If you are saying yes to God's influence and leadership in your life, then you are living out the kingdom of God right now. So Jesus was always trying to get people to be part of the kingdom of God. And he said, one day, the whole world will be under the influence and leadership of God. And he said, you know, in that day, at the end of time, you know who's gonna be left on earth to experience that? He said the humble people. Here's how Jesus said it. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Some of you might be more familiar with this translation. The meek will inherit the earth. That word meek is not the word weak. Meekness is when you are fully aware of the power that God has gifted you with and the influence and leadership you have and it's not going to your head. Meekness is when you know your strength and power and it is used healthily and responsibly. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into if we're gonna have positive influence. It's about what's going on in here. It's about our character. 
And this quote, the meek will inherit the earth, is actually just one line from a larger section of teaching from Jesus where he's talking about character. That section in the Bible is called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And I'd love it if, if this week you would open up a Bible. You can go online if you don't have a physical Bible. If you'd like a Bible, we can give one to you before you leave. Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And choose one area of your influence and leadership that could be infused with a little dose of humility. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your approach toward money. Maybe it's something inside, your own self-perception of who you are. The, Jesus talks about having purity of heart. Maybe it's about conflicted relations. Jesus has a lot to do with what do you do when you're angry at someone. I read this just this last week, and he has this great section in there where he talks about how before you judge other people, you should judge yourself. And that's really good for me. Somebody does it, I remember I was out just the other day, and somebody like did some dumb driving move, and I was like, you idiot. I was like, whoa, and then I stopped and I was like, I have totally done that same thing. What am I, you know, like, it, to stop for a moment and say, what does that say about my character if I'm gonna go after somebody that I myself am guilty of? God is wanting to raise the bar for us and in our culture, which is filled with negativity, we need to be a positive influence. How do we do that? Here's what we talked about today. We can be a positive influence by staying focused on our character. Two ways. Recognize God's good gift of power and like Jesus, practice humble influence. What would that look like for us this week? We're gonna close our service today and and I have an invitation for you. Um, Right after the service at our Torrance campus and here at our Manhattan Beach campus, we have a service project uh, right outside on our patio and right in the lobby over at Torrance. It's a care package for foster kids. When foster kids are removed from homes in an emergency situation, they usually leave with very little. And you can imagine the trauma and the, the pain and the confusion that comes uh, with those emergency removals. Well, we've partnered with some of the organizations in the city, and what we're doing is we're creating these care packages. Some toiletries, uh, blankets, and even some things like stuffed animals and books and a little note that we can write. And so these are given to the kids as they are moving from one place to another. And we have an opportunity to use our influence to make their lives just a little bit easier. So right after the service, head right outside and you can just spend a few minutes packing one of these things and and helping some kids that really need it. So I'm gonna close this in prayer and we're gonna finish our service. Would you stand here? And at Torrance, would you stand with me as we close? Again, if you're new with us, thank you so much for being with us. Next week, we're going to get into another character and and another influence principle. 
about how we can be a positive influence. I'm really excited about it. I have a lot of stuff I want to share with you, and I I think it's going to make an impact in your life. Let me pray for us, and we'll close our time together and get down there and help some kids. God, thank you so much. You are a loving God with power, and you have gifted us with power. Give us wisdom this week. Help us to to use power in positive ways, in healthy ways, and help us to keep check on ourselves, not just our actions, but where those actions come from, our character. Give us wisdom and discernment, and, and we look forward to getting together next week to explore this more. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you downstairs.